Hello and welcome to Foothill Christian American Canyon. We're glad you joined us today and we sincerely hope that you're blessed with today's message. Everybody say this with me this morning. Jesus is the reason for the season. Amen. And don't you ever forget that. Amen. You know how many years as a Catholic I grew up not knowing that, that Jesus is the reason for the season. And I say that because I was a I was a CEO back then. I was a Christmas, Easter only person, right? I was a CEO. I didn't know that Jesus was the reason for the season. I thought Santa Claus had a big reason, uh, you know, and I, I thought, well, you just do that. You know, you go to church at just this time of the year. And, and now I look back and my kids don't know any other lifestyle than to be in church. And I thank God for that. Amen. And it's all because a Savior was born. A Savior was born, amen. And this morning I want to read to you from the book of Luke. And I want to read the entire account starting in chapter 2. If you can pull out your Bibles or electronic devices this morning. Luke chapter 2, we're going to start in verse 1. And if you would do me a favor and just stand for the reading of the word if you can. If not, you can stay seated if you can't stand, but... We're going to begin in verse 1, and I'm going to read about the birth of Jesus. Starting in verse 1, it says, And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This census first took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. Verse 6, so it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son. Everybody say, firstborn son. And wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, do not be afraid for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was an angel, a multitude, or suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Verse 15, So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, 
they made widely known the saying which was told concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen as it was told them. Let's bow our heads and pray this morning. Heavenly Father, again, we thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you that you sent your son, that he would be a savior unto his people, unto each of us, unto me, Lord, today. Lord, we rejoice in that. We thank you for that. Lord, I pray for anointing this morning. Help us to receive your word. Help me to declare it so that your truth would be declared this morning. And we pray that in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. 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 Again, look at your neighbor before you're seated. Say, Jesus is the reason for the season. Amen. Amen. I think it's important that we, we have that understanding that Jesus is the reason for the season. We don't go around saying happy holidays, do we? We go around saying Merry Christmas, don't we? Anybody that's coming to, or in the store, they say happy holidays. I'm coming right back. Merry Christmas. Amen. 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 Now, Regarding the birth of Jesus, did you know that the details of the birth of Christ, even the negative things, the negative things, I mean, here, here's Mary pregnant expecting, I don't know about you women that have had babies, if you had a baby here in a car, in a taxi, in an airport, in a secluded road somewhere, probably not, most likely it was in a hospital, but those things happen, we hear of those things happening. Births in a taxi, a firefighter, a policeman had to deliver a baby. The husband had to deliver the baby. God forbid, right? We're all, no, Lord, let it not be. And, and here Mary, in the midst of, of this pregnancy, they don't find a place to stay. And I've been to Bethlehem where they have built a church supposedly over the spot where Jesus was born. And it was a cave. It was really a cave-type structure. And so they have this church built over where you can peek down and see the rocks down below the opening. And it's pretty amazing when you go in there. And it's the only good thing in Bethlehem. It's an Arab-controlled state, or, uh, country, or city, I should say, in, just about half an hour south of Jerusalem. And um, at one point, it was, uh, it was a, uh, the biggest place from where the bombers, suicide bombers, would come from to bomb Jerusalem. They'd come from Bethlehem. Bethlehem has become so corrupt, and, and uh, tourism revolves around in that city. It's all about tourism, and specifically the Church of the Nativity is where we were at. Uh, Jill went on that same trip. Yes. 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 Yes, it, it feels like you're going into a, uh, uh, another country because they have a border. They, they actually boarded our bus with, uh, with machine guns, and they checked us out. And that was pretty scary there because um, they knew that we were Christians, and they just wanted to intimidate us is really what they were doing. But at any rate, this is where Jesus was born. And how many know that God does never do anything by accident? Nothing is ever done by accident. You look at your life, nothing was ever done by accident. Amen? Amen. 
Elbow your spouse right now and tell them that right now. Nothing was ever done by accident. Amen. All of this fits into God's plan. Even the birth of Jesus born in Bethlehem. You know, one of the things as, as we look at that, and I was pondering that, Lord, you know, of all the places you could have chose to have him born, why Bethlehem? And sometimes we don't understand these things because Bethlehem wasn't a town of any, any note back then. It was just a, a small little town. Um, this was prophesied hundreds and hundreds of years before in the Old Testament that Jesus Christ would be born in Bethlehem. Amen? And so here, here he was born, and uh, it just reminded me the other day, I was speaking to my brother Ed. I was in the hospital, let's see, today, Sunday, I think it was Friday, and I had a, a great time with him because we were just by ourselves. We were talking, uh, and, and I enjoyed that time, Sister Betty, just talking to him because it was him and I. And I was asking him some questions, and I said, Brother Ed, can you tell me? Because he was real lucid, very awake, very alert, very very much like Ed. He's very controlled, very, very passionate. And I said, brother, through this whole process, what have you learned? What has God shown you through this whole process? And right away, his, his eyes start to tear up because how many know my brother Ed's a passionate man? He loves the Lord. Amen. And, and he said, my favorite scripture in the entire Bible, he said, you know, it's to trust in the Lord with all your strength. Trust in the Lord with all your strength. He quoted Proverbs 3, 5, and then, and then verse 6. And lean not unto your own understanding, but acknowledge him in all your ways, and he will direct your paths. Now, that's not easy to do in the middle of a trial. It's not easy to do when you're in the hospital and they're poking you and prodding you and doing all kinds of things to you. It's not easy to do when things hit the fan, right? It's not easy to do. But trust in the Lord. And that's what Mary had to do. That's what Joseph had to do at this time as well. They had to trust in the Lord. They knew they had been given a promise. And so here they are. They find themselves in this cave. And, and they're, they're about to give birth. And sometimes we don't appreciate the good news until we see it against the backdrop of the bad news, right? Or the bad stuff that's happened. Sometimes it takes a year of disaster to wake us up to a, a reality of God's blessings. Sometimes we have to walk through that is what I'm trying to say and know that nothing happens by accident. You are not here today by accident. Amen? None of you are. Whether it's your first time, whether it's your 71st time, you're not here by accident. This morning, I want to focus on one scripture of those 20 scriptures I just read. I want to focus on one of them, and that's verse 11. It says this, For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Let me repeat that again. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. There's four parts to this verse that I want to break down to you real quickly. And each one of these parts teaches us something important. Amen? The first part of that is there's a prophecy. There was a prophecy of Jesus' coming. It's declared in the Old Testament. Because there's naysayers out there. Some people actually believe that there never was a historical person named Jesus. People will tell you that. 
There's historical evidence that he existed, yet they deny to you that he ever existed in this world. Uh, I don't even bother to speak to them. It's like, take it up a notch and then we can have a conversation. But here, regarding this, this uh, scripture, notice the phrase, born in the city, uh, this day in the city of David. The city it's referring to is called Bethlehem. Amen? As I mentioned, it's south of Jerusalem. It's also, or modern Bethlehem, as I mentioned, is a touristy, bustling, busy town. Busy town. And um, the church that we visited, again, it was built over 1,700 years ago, and it's been rebuilt and rebuilt over the centuries. But part of history remains there. And it's, and it's because of the fact that Jesus was born there. Amen? 700 years earlier, before the birth of Jesus, a prophet named Micah spoke. In chapter 5 and verse 2, it said the following, But you, Bethlehem, Ephrata, though you were small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from old, from ancient times. That was 700 years before Jesus even graced this earth in a physical form as the Son of God, there was a prophecy already declared that he would be born in Bethlehem. Why Bethlehem? God chose that. It wasn't by accident. God designed that. Amen? Now notice the phrase, though you are small among the clans of Judah. See, this, this prophecy came about from the Lord in 700 B.C. And you've got to understand, in 700 B.C., Bethlehem was a tiny, inconsequential village, kind of like the hometown I grew up in, Rutherford, California. You blink your eyes and you pass it right by. They have a volunteer fire department there. Volunteer. They show up if they want to, right? And so it's, it's inconsequential. Nobody, nobody important came from there. It was Bethlehem. It never would have made the top ten vacation spots in the world at that time. It never would have made uh, the list of places to go have a honeymoon. Never. But here, the Jews, they knew that the Messiah would be born there. Micah was Jewish. He prophesied about that 700 years before Christ was born. This was every, the Jews knew about this. I'm, I'm, I'm heading somewhere with this, okay? In Matthew chapter 2, it tells us that when the Magi came to Herod, remember they came to Herod in Jerusalem looking for the king, the king of the Jews. Why did, how did they know that? Because they read Micah chapter 5 verse 2. They knew about that. They had direct knowledge of that. They were looking for signs, much like someone I know that looks for signs. My brother Ed, he's constantly telling us about signs. They're in the Bible. They're in the Bible. Amen. They, they began to ask, Herod, we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. Where is he? And of course, we know the story. Herod became jealous. He said, wait, there's another king? There's somebody higher than me or just as, as high as me? Where is he? And then he, we know he, he created the census and, and then he ended up killing all the uh, baby boys two years and, and, and younger. Right? We know the story there. But God had said, declared 700 years before that, that Jesus was born, that Christ would be born in Bethlehem. Christ would be born there. That was no secret. 
See, the, the Lord reveals everything you and I need to know right here in this word. There will not be a day someday in the future when, when God will open this book and he'll say, well, brother, well, sister. Uh, uh, and, and you look at him and say, well, I didn't know that. He's just going to open it up and say, it was right here. It was right here. It was right here. Pastor Rick preached on it December 19th or 18th. Yeah, but I wasn't listening. The kids were loud that day. But it was right here. Amen? It was right here. here. Here's what's interesting to me about that fact. The wise men were the only ones that went to go pay homage to the king. They were the only ones. That's why they're called the wise men, right? There were no other people, no, no Pharisees, no, no leaders. Nobody else went. Just these wise men. Just these wise men. Why? Because they paid attention to what it said in his word. They paid attention to what it said in the word. Is the Lord speaking to you today? Is he challenging you? Is he encouraging you? Is he telling you something today out of his word? Be obedient and listen to it. Amen? See, the, the, the part that, that's sad is that so many people missed this 2,000 years ago. So many people missed this. They missed the most important event in the history of the world because they were too busy to be bothered. And I'm not, that's not directed at, at us here today. I'm just pointing out a fact. They were too busy to be bothered. When we read about the city of David, we should remember that Jesus was born there in fulfillment to the prophecy 700 years prior. And it should remind us that knowledge, no matter how much knowledge you have of this word, it's never enough to save us. Knowledge is never enough to save us. It doesn't matter if you can quote a hundred scriptures here this morning. When I first got saved, I could quote way more than that. And I've, I've forgotten so many more than that um, in, in the years. I don't know why that is. As we get older, we just tend to forget these things. But um, knowledge is not what saves you. It's not what you know, but what you do with what you know that makes the difference. Amen? It's not what you know. But it's what you do with that knowledge that makes the difference. Point number two is the reality of his coming on your outline. Again, looking at that text, that verse, unto you is born this day in the city of David. And I want to focus on these three words, born this day. Everybody say, born this day. Now, we celebrate December 25th. Now, was Jesus really born on December 25th? No. Unfortunately, we don't have a date, an exact date. We, the, the, the church in past times has picked that date as a date to celebrate. And that's fine. If you want to celebrate my birthday tomorrow, that's, I'm not going to argue with you. If you want to celebrate Pastor Rick and bring me a present tomorrow, that's fine. But you see, the, the important point here is that we celebrate the birth of Jesus. Amen? We don't know when he was born, but we celebrate December 25th. Amen? And so the reality is that he was going to be born because the scriptures promised us that. These three words, born this day, speak to the fact that what happened in Bethlehem was nothing less than the birth of the Son of God. You know what the real miracle was? Not that he was born, but that Mary got pregnant, right? 
Mary was overshadowed by the Holy Spirit, as you know. That was the miracle right there. She never knew a man at that point. That was the miracle. That was the miracle. Across the centuries, the virgin birth of Jesus Christ has always been considered a foundational doctrinal truth in Christianity. If, if you come to me or you hear somebody say that Jesus was not a sinless man or that Jesus was not born of a virgin, you and I are going to have a problem because the Bible teaches us that he was born of a virgin, that he was born and lived a sinless life. Amen? Amen. And yet there are denominations, organizations that will teach otherwise. And you'll run into them from time to time. Be careful of those people. Matthew, in the book of Matthew, and also Luke, they ascribe the conception of Jesus, or the responsibility of that, to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit came upon Mary. Remember that where it said that in the scripture. It overshadowed Mary. It uses terms like that. Matthew uses phrases such as, through the Holy Spirit, from the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit birthed Jesus, amen? And, and Luke adds a following phrase when he says to Mary through Gabriel, he says, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Remember, Gabriel said those words to Mary, amen? In Luke, in the book of Luke chapter 3, or chapter 1, excuse me. Not only that, but overshadowing what that's talking about is speaking of the direct personal presence of God. The direct personal presence of God. How many want to have the Holy Spirit overshadowing your life today? Have the direct personal presence of God over your life. Amen? Amen. Amen. So, so what's the significance of Jesus being born or begotten of the Holy Spirit? Well, the significance is that he's divine. That he's divine. Yes, he was born a man in a natural birth process, but he was born divine. He was God's only begotten son. Amen? He was conceived through the Holy Spirit, but yet he was more than a man. The virgin birth was God's way of announcing to the world that Jesus was indeed his son. Amen? This is where deity and humanity join together. Amen? John, in, in the Gospel of John, tells us in the beginning was the Word. The Word was God. The Word was a God. And verse 14 says, and the Word became flesh and His glory dwelt among us. Amen? You, you're familiar with some of these scriptures. It's talking about Jesus being the Word, becoming flesh. Where did He do that? In Bethlehem. Amen? When He was born. Amen. Amen. Reuben, can you get that door? Thank you. Following, uh, or actually, nothing has compared to it since. Since the birth of Jesus, nothing has ever compared to that. Nor will there ever be another birth like it. You may consider yourself special, and you are, but your birth was nothing like the birth of Jesus. Amen? Amen. Because Amen. I, know, I know every one of you. You're, none of you are here are sinless. You're just like me. You've all fallen short of the glory of God. Amen? And we need that Savior. Amen. But here's... Here's what happened after this miraculous conception. Mary, Mary's pregnancy was normal, just like by all accounts, according to the Bible. Just like everybody else who's ever had a baby, it was normal, other than having an angel speak to her and tell her what's about to happen. And, and, and here, although Luke gives us no details, 
We, we can assume that the delivery was normal in every other way. There was no big fanfare, nothing. They were there by themselves when they had the baby. It wasn't until much later that the wise men actually showed up. How many know that? And, and um, what, I'm, what I'm pointing at, where I'm going at with that is, how many here have ever heard of this group called the Jesus Seminar? A, a few years back, years back, there was these theologians, you know, intellectuals, so sometimes you've got to be careful when, when you get too much education because then you don't start making any sense when you get too much education. And these people, these theologians, came to the conclusion that the virgin birth of Jesus, the deity and humanity, was a falsehood. And let me tell you right now, from the Apostles' Creed to now, that is one of the foundational doctrines that Christianity is based on, that he was born of a virgin, that he was conceived by the Holy Spirit. They were saying that that was false. And when you say that, you're marked with an X, according to the Word of God. Not according to Pastor Rick, but according to the Word of God. You're marked with an X. And if you ever hear anybody telling you, oh, Jesus was not God, mark him with an X, because this is clear. It tells us Jesus was God. In fact, I'm getting ahead of myself, but Matthew 1, 21. Emmanuel, unto us this day, he will be born, right? Emmanuel, Emmanuel means God with us. Amen. Can you say amen? amen? God with us. Emmanuel. So regarding um, that Jesus seminar or people like that, you, may, you have to correct them and point out to them, Jesus was born of a virgin. This is reality. It says it in the Bible. I believe it, and I receive that. Amen? The ancient Apostles' Creed put it this way, and you may have heard it this way. Conceived of the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary. How many have ever heard those terms? There's a whole creed that goes on and, and declares principles about the Gospels. This is one truth that has always been declared by the church and by Christians everywhere. Amen? So when we read unto you is born this day in the city of David, let us remember that it points to something true, an event that really happened. We're not talking about Santa Claus or a fairy tale or a novel or fiction. We're talking about reality. Reality. Not a legend, but that Jesus was really born in Bethlehem as the Son of God. Amen? He was born in Bethlehem. Point number three, <clears throat> the result of his coming. The result of his coming. Now here's where we get, uh, I believe, where it gets really good here. A Savior who is Christ the Lord, in verse 11 of Luke chapter 2. A Savior who is Christ the Lord. Here's some interesting Greek knowledge here. The word, the, the, the New, New Testament was written in Greek. This particular verse doesn't use the definite articles. It just says, it just says, Savior, Christ, Lord. Savior, Christ, Lord. It's, it doesn't make any distinction. It says, that's who he was. Savior, Christ, Lord. Amen? Say that with me. Savior, Christ, Lord. That's who he was. See, each word is, is vitally important. But Savior is an, actually an, an Old Testament word that means one who delivers his people. One who delivers his people. I don't know about you, but I needed to be delivered. 
I needed to be delivered of my sins. I needed a, a savior. Amen. Christ is the Greek version of the Hebrew word Messiah, which means the anointed one. He was the anointed one. Not anybody else, but he was. And then finally, Lord is a term for deity or God, the fullness of God. It's describing the, or a synonym for God. Amen. So Jesus, again, was Savior, Christ, and Lord. I need a Savior. How about you? Do you need a Savior? Amen. We all need a Savior. Amen. He, see, this is the great news, that he came to be a Savior for everyone who's willing to call his name. Amen. That's how simple it is. Everyone who's willing to turn to him. He is the Savior. He is the Lord. He is the Christ, the one sent from God. This is the message of Christmas. It's not about the gifts. It's not about the fancy sales at Macy's, the fancy sales at Costco, Walmart. It's not about all that. Although that's a great blessing. I love, I love all those stores. So, you know, if you want to shop, that's great. But um, my point is the message of Christmas is that Jesus was born. Amen. That is the true message. Let us not forget that. God loved us enough to send his only begotten son. He didn't send us a committee. He didn't say, let me think about it. He didn't send us or write a book about it. But he sent his only begotten son that was born of a virgin, born human, just like you, but yet deity. Tempted in all ways, the Bible says, just like you and I. Oh, but Jesus didn't have to go through this. No, wait a minute. The Bible says he was tempted in all points. In all points. So no matter what you've been tempted in, he was also tempted in that. And he overcame. He's who we look to. Amen. When God got ready to save the world, he sent the very best he had. His only begotten son. Because he loves you that much. Amen. He loves each of you that much. This is the amazing grace. The amazing love he has for each of us. The truth of Christmas is Emmanuel. God with us. Emmanuel, God with us. And then finally, my last point, before I completely lose my voice, <clears throat> the purpose of his coming. What is the purpose of his coming? Why did he come? I know he, he's a savior. I know he's Christ. But I'm not a bad person. I've never killed nobody. I've never murdered anybody. I've never robbed anybody, beaten anybody. I'm a good person. You may have said that to yourself. You may know people that say that to themselves. Well, I don't need to go to church. I'm a law-abiding, tax-paying citizen. I'm good where I'm at. I don't need to give to no church of my time, my talents, my treasures. I'm fine right where I'm at. But here's, here's what the word says. Again, verse 11. For there is born to you this day in the city of David. I want to look at these two words only. To you. To you. Consider who he was speaking to and who was being addressed. See, the shepherds heard these words that night. Who heard these words? Shepherds. Who were shepherds? They were the lowest of the lowest back then. He, he didn't, the angels didn't come to the mayor of that city, to the government officials of that city. They came to the lowest of the lowest. Why is that? Because they would be willing to receive that message they, they weren't like what I just described. Well, I'm good. I haven't killed anybody. I don't need that. I don't need God. No, they were saying, 
Uh, yes, Lord. I, I feel your presence. I know that was you, Lord. Say, what do, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? That's, that's what God is looking for you. He's looking for an obedient person today. Are you willing to be obedient today? Is he asking you today to do something for him? Is he asking or challenging you to step up your game this coming year? Is he challenging you this year? Be obedient and watch his blessings flow into your life. Amen? When the shepherds heard these words from the angel, they must have been flabbergasted. They must have been going, angels are talking to us, lowly shepherds. It's like when we went to Mexico and these poor kids in the canyon, Cañón de las Caretas is the name of the street. It's a canyon. It's a dump area. You've been there. You've seen this place. You wouldn't want to live there. None of us would want to live there. Not with what we have here. But those kids, they have us that come down there and other churches throughout the year. And they're probably thinking, you want to come here and bless this church? You want to come here and bless us? That's, I know that's what they're thinking. I know it because they tell me that. They're, they're very appreciative. They say, thank you so much for coming. Thank you for being a blessing. They talk to me because I speak Spanish, so they'll tell me. They feel comfortable telling me those things. And I'm saying, we're just doing what God wants us to do. And it's a blessing. But these, these shepherds here heard the same message. You want to bless us? You're talking to us? So they were blessed. They were, they were blown away. See, shepherds were near the bottom of the social order of Israel, of ancient Israel at that time. They were poor, often uneducated. Some were very young. Not many people would pick shepherd as their job goal. Not many people put ditch digger as their job goal. Right? But there's nothing wrong with doing that. If that's what you want to do, you do it, and you be the best ditch digger you can, right? Or best shepherd you can, amen? I always remember that because I had a math teacher that used to tell us, don't be a ditch digger. She'd tell us that all the time. Miss Anderson, God forgive her. So here's the thing. When the angel says to you, or to you is born, he's really saying, Christ has come for you, lowly shepherds. Christ has come to you, kids in the, in the, the Tijuana dump where we're ministering. Christ has come for you. Maybe that's you today. Maybe you don't feel like you're in that place where you're fitting in. Christ has come for you. I want you to turn that around right now with me and say, Christ has come for me. Say that with me. Christ has come for me. Personalize that. Now I want you to close your eyes and say that with me. Christ has come for me. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. When you personalize it like that, you begin to truly understand the real purpose of his coming. He loved you, each of you, every one of you. See, when Christ first came, the news was first announced to the outcasts of society. He never starts with the educated, never, because they're not willing to listen. They're too smart. They have, they have the finer things of life. They don't need him. There's a great lesson in all of this for us. 
Our Lord came for the forgotten people of the earth, for those that are hurting like you and I here on this earth today. As I said, rich people often have no time for Christ, but the poor welcome him as an honored guest. Amen. Is that you today? Are you willing to welcome the Lord into your home? Your home doesn't have to be a home like better homes and gardens. I lived in an 853 square foot home just two years ago. It was so small we couldn't even invite company over. We couldn't fit. Not with four of us and a dog. It was it was bad. But we, we did that for three years. We were there for three years. And God was always welcome in my home every day. Amen. He came for you today. The Lord came for you. The angel said, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior. Unto you and for you. He came for you today. This is where Christmas becomes personal. Have you ever made Christmas personal? Make it personal this year if you've never done that. Make it personal with your children. Before you open gifts this year, will you do me a favor? Take the time to recognize what the real message of Christmas is, that Jesus is the reason for the season. Take the time to say a prayer and thank the Lord for sending his son to be a savior for each of you. Don't let your kids think that presence is what Christmas is all about. Presents are good. That's great. And they should get something. But make sure they understand what the real message of Jesus is. Will you do that? Amen. As parents, will you do that this year? <clears throat> Millions of people say that and they're still lost in their sins. That I'm saying that people will say, yeah, I'm going to make it personal. But there's never no life change. There's no life change. See, the Lord wants to have see transformation in your life. And, and that's one thing I want to challenge each of you this year as we walk into a new year. 2017, oh my goodness, 2017, that God would transform you into the image of his son. How many want that this coming year? That God would continue to do a work, transform your, your mind, renew your thinking into the image of his son. He sent his son to die for you. Are you willing to, to step out? Maybe get uncomfortable? And do things for his glory this coming year. Amen. Amen. He came for you. Do you believe that? Yes. Amen. Are you, have you asked him to forgive you of your sins? Yes. Amen. You know, the Lord, the Lord wants to do so much in your life this coming year. And it's been our blessing to be here this, this year. And I'm really excited about next year. We're going to do a lot, a lot of events next year. Uh, we're going to plan on doing some outreaches and, uh, this core group right here, we're, we're going to take it to another level next, this coming year. I know it. I guarantee it. Amen? Because the Lord is with us. The Lord goes with us. And we're going to continue to grow. We're going to continue to, to minister to, to our community, those around us. But I need each of you to know that Jesus came for you. To live that with all of your heart with all of your spirit, with all of your mind. Amen? Amen. Because 2,000 years ago, God sent the greatest gift you can ever open. Yes. 
It wasn't tamales. It wasn't a present from Macy's. It was his son. And that's the greatest gift you will ever open. Please pass that on to your children. Make sure they understand that. You will never experience Christmas joy, true Christmas joy, until you personally experience the gift of Jesus Christ as your Savior. Amen? Christ came to save us from our sin, but even his death on the cross cannot save us until we believe in him. And in closing him, in my lifetime and all the things that I've learned, there's two things that are really worth knowing. Only two things. The first is, I am a sinner. First is, I am a sinner. And the second and the greatest news is that Jesus Christ is our Savior that came to save us from that lifestyle of sin. Amen? That means I'm not lost. I'm not alone. And none of you here today are alone. No matter what you're struggling with today, whether it be loneliness, battling health issues, maybe it's marital issues, Maybe relationship, maybe it's finances, whatever it is, you're not alone. You're not alone. And, and because of that, I want you to know that Jesus Christ wants to remind you today that he loves you. He loves you. He loves you. Amen? He loves you. Why don't you tell him that right now? Why don't you tell him that, how much you love him this morning? Jesus, we love you. Oh, Jesus, we're so thankful, Lord. We're thankful, Lord, that you sent your son to die on that cross for us. For each of us, this this morning, we're reminded of your great love. And Father, I pray this morning your blessing upon every household here today represented in this place. That Father, in their homes, next week, on that Sunday morning when they awake, that the very first thing they do is give you thanks for the Savior that was born that came for each of them. And Lord, as, as we do that, as we pray and give you thanks, that Lord, that their children, that their grandchildren, their great-grandchildren, and the descendants even after that would be blessed for generation after generation until your return, Lord. I pray, Father, that your message of hope, your message of love, your message of forgiveness would echo in every home this Christmas holiday. Lord, I pray that in the name of Jesus for healing in every home, not just for the Miller home, but Father, for every home in this place, Lord, let this year be a year of transformation. Father, this year, help us to just start already in this month, beginning with a new outlook of transformation. And Father, as we let you direct our paths, as we put our trust in you, and acknowledge you in all our ways, you will direct our paths. Help us, Lord, not not to lean unto our own understanding, because, Lord, we can get thrown off so quickly, but rather to lean on you in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen.